powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. To, oh, hold on. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Liz, one of your hosts. We're here to break down the Jets game against the Montreal Canadiens today, and I am joined by my wonderful guest, Jared. Jared, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So Jared is someone that Andrew, of course, as you all know, Andrew, who is our uh, manager over here at Game Over, um, was uh, strongly recommended to me to have come on the show today and talk about the Jets versus Habs game because Andrew's from the Montreal market. Uh, so Jared, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first to start off and, and why you're here talking with me today? <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm the deputy managing editor at Habs Eyes on the Prize. Um, obviously a, a site that Andrew knows very well. Um, and, and Mark as well, actually, um, who's another one of the hosts at the Game Over Montreal. And um, I uh, talk about the Canadians. Um, so it's a lot of fun and uh, nice to be on the other side uh, for once. Uh, I'm joining you guys today. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to talk about this one. And I know that... Uh... You know, I, I have a lot of friends in, in the Habs market and whatnot. A lot of them were making jokes today about, you know, how the result of this game was going to go and whatnot. And it definitely was not the way that they were expecting. Um, and honestly, not really what I was expecting either, considering it was more like the Winnipeg Jets versus the Laval Rocket tonight. So uh, <laughs> what, what are your initial thoughts on that game that we just saw? You know, it, it's, I, there was one game, I think it was last year. Yeah, it was last year where the Canadians were just hit by COVID and they had guys called up from basically the ECHL because they had nobody else to call up. And they played a really close game against that Tampa Bay Lightning. And my reaction after that game was effort and heart. It, take, like, it, it replaces talent a lot of the time. And I think that when, when the odds are stacked against you, I mean, these are still professional athletes. And, you know, even the worst NHL team wins 20 games a year. And, and this just happened to be one of those games for the Canadians. But I, I just think that what's happening is that it's giving an opportunity for players who are playing well to, to get a chance. And, you know, a lot of the players who are with the Laval Rocket have been playing better than most of the regulars on the Canadians. And somehow Evgeny Dadanov decided to score double his goal scoring numbers this game and uh Simon Montable played well in goal and somehow they they won I, I don't really know how to explain it except that you know they're NHL players still and um what that it, it could happen <laughs> you know I, I think that you know I remember one year the Canadians made the playoffs or just missed the playoffs and the worst team in the league, Detroit, went 4-0 against them. And it just happens. Um, and, you know, everything was pointing against Montreal in this one. And oftentimes when so many things are pointing against you, it gives you the freedom to kind of come out and, and, and play a game that people don't expect. And I think that's what happened today. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm definitely of that mentality as well. You know, like at the end of the day, like you said, they're all professional hockey players and any game can go any way. Like, you know, notoriously, who is it? It's like the Leafs against Buffalo. They lose like every single time for some weird reason and stuff like that. Like, you know, it happens. But I don't know, like at the very start of this game, there are a couple things that I saw and I was like, okay, yeah, these are the Montreal Canadiens and whatnot. But as the game went on, I thought that that team they looked good to me. Like, I, I was impressed. Like, it was a very interesting... I thought that they really caught the Jets in transition. I thought that they were really good at, you know, breaking out of their own zone and, and putting the pressure on the Jets and, and 
you know, not getting stopped by the Jets at the blue line, like, at all, ever, which I don't know if it means the Habs are good or the Jets are bad, but it <laughs> doesn't really matter in a game like that, right? Like, it, it, the way it happens, it happens. But I thought that particularly that movement through the neutral zone, that the Habs looked quite good tonight. Yeah, and, and you know what? They're, they're coming off of a game uh, against the Rangers where they won in Madison Square Garden, and it was really one of their best team games in a long time. And obviously, three play, you know, two players who played in that game were added to injured reserve this morning. Uh, they called up two players. They had to play with 11 forwards because they had no forwards left on the roster. And uh, I, I think that, you know, Mike Matheson came back today, and he's the one player that I think Montreal missed the most. And when even when he was playing, he wasn't really 100%. And I think that having him in the lineup really helps with that transition. Uh, Justin Barron had a really good game today, and, and he's one of those guys that can really help in transition. And, and let's face it, the, the Canadians don't really have uh, a defense core that's good in transition, but those two are guys that can step up. You know, you're not going to see Joel Edmondson or David Savard uh, or even Arbjack. I really, you know, lead the, the the way in transition. But I think that those two guys coming back in the lineup maybe gave them a, a, a an opportunity to to show what they can do in transition. Yeah, I mean, they, they started the game off really well. I think it was like 7-1 in shots in, yeah. in the first uh, 10 minutes in the game. And I think that that just, you know, the Jets scored first on the power play, but I think that they just feed off of that. Like, it, it's it's a growth mindset in Montreal. And, and I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of games where they, they aren't playing very well. But when they get it together, they're not that bad. And, and you saw it a little bit at the beginning of the season. They've had a lot of injuries. They have a lot of injuries now. Uh, and I think that that's just uh, something that, that is really, you know, part of what this, this coaching staff is trying to hammer home is just, you know, even before the game today, Martin St. Louis was like, you know, he was asked about the injuries and he was like, yep, it's, it's time for other players to maybe steal a chair. And, and I think that that's, that's kind of the mindset is like, I'm getting a chance in the NHL and getting maybe more minutes than I, I would normally. I'm going to take the opportunity and run with it. And I think that, you know, when, when the Canadians can get secondary scoring and then score four goals without the Caulfield Suzuki line doing much, um, it's a recipe for most teams to have success. And definitely with Montreal, that's, that's what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that makes a lot of sense. That secondary scoring piece is huge for teams. And I totally agree with what Marty Stanley was saying about the injuries, right? Because, you know, um, we used to make jokes um, <laughs> a couple of years back. We It was always the injuries, making better lineup decisions than Paul Maurice since 2015. And um, But it, it is interesting because there's no way of knowing what you have until you see it right and the, the only way you'll see those guys get those chances is when injury permits right so it's it's opportune for some guys as unfortunate as it is for the others and you know you never w- wish injury on players but it is nice to see what you have and I think um you know at least from my perspective there were a lot of guys tonight when they're you know Dan Robertson was calling the game and he'd say a guy's name and I was like who <laughs> and and they, they look good so you know that's definitely encouraging for for a Habs fan I'm sure yeah and I mean the, the, the thing going into the season with the Montreal Canadiens, they have a lot of forwards on one-way contracts. And it meant that guys like Essie Linen, Raphael Harvey-Pernard, really there was no room for, for them to make the team, even though they probably should have um, out of training camp. They've been you know some of the best players in, you know, in the AHL for the last couple of years. And I think that what this uh, you know 
opportunity brings them is that they they have a roster spot now that they might have not obviously had um a couple months ago and i think that it's showing that you know i'm not going to say that it's forcing martin singley's hand but, but it kind of is because you know uh, there's a couple of guys in that lineup that haven't been playing well, but to their credit, two of them were Evgeny Dadanov and, and Mike Hoffman, and they both scored. So I think that it, it also pushes uh, some of the veterans as well, right? Because you see these young kids getting an opportunity, and, and yes, he went and started on the first line uh, with Suzuki and Caulfield today. And, and I think that you know it's a message to the veterans saying, hey, if you want that spot, if you want to play, you're going to have to earn it. And I think that Montreal's in a spot right now where they can just kind of play guys like that. Like, you know, they're, they're going to be trading guys at some point uh, between now and now in March. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys who are going to be pending free agents as well. And I think that it's just, it, it, it put pressure on a lot of people. And I think that that's something that's happened. I mean, Dadunov has been playing well the last couple of games, doesn't really have the, the points to, to show for it. But, you know, he comes in and scores two big goals. And and I think that it's it's uh, it's a trickle down effect, and, and I think that that's something that's that was key for Montreal on this one. And look, Winnipeg is going to be in the playoffs this year. Montreal is not going to be in the playoffs this year. I don't think this is you know a, a wide ranging uh, game that's going to you know show the fortunes of these two teams. I think it's just one of those games where uh, Montreal is at home. They feed off the home crowd and uh, have an opportunity to, to to pull away in a game and. Um, you know, it's, it's a good moment for them. Obviously, the Barons had a good moment. Uh, the uh, two brothers playing in the NHL for the first time. So, you know, it's uh, it, it was a good game. But yeah, I mean, look, Winnipeg's a better team than Montreal. Um, I don't think anyone's going to deny that or, or say anything else. But uh, tonight, Montreal was the better team. And, and I think that that uh, showed up in, in the results. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I think that you know, particularly some lineup decisions for the Winnipeg Jets tonight, um, you know, were kind of interesting. And I think, you know, to the credit or to cater to some of my, my Jets people, I know we're listening right now in the chat, we'll have to talk a little bit about uh, Sam Gagne was a healthy scratch tonight, which is something that a lot of people, you know, Sam Gagne is a fine hockey player, like he's good, but you know, some of the alternatives in the bottom six are probably worse options than Sam Gagne. And there was definitely none of that secondary scoring or anything like that tonight. It was you know, pretty quiet across the board for that those scoring chances, but especially down there, like they they weren't too great. Uh, and Villahenola drew in um, in place of Dylan Sandberg, uh, as a lot of people were expecting him to after getting called up today. Did you happen to notice anything about Villahenola? I'm not going to talk too much from my perspective because everyone <laughs> knows uh, how I feel about that player. But uh, did you have any thoughts on Villahenola tonight? You know, every time I've seen him, and I've seen him in, in both the AHL um, with Manitoba and, and the NHL. He was someone that entering, you know, in his draft year, he was someone that, that you know, Montreal was looking at defensemen that year. He was someone that um, we we looked at at eyes on the prize. Uh, and, and it just feels like he just, it's hard to say whether it's that he hasn't gotten an opportunity or whether he's just so up and down. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, how the Jets treated Samuniku, where he would seem like he would be fine in the AHL and then uh, in the NHL not not really have the opportunity. But I mean, it's it's tough for a young defenseman in the NHL, and, and I think that when, especially when you're playing for a team that's looking to compete, you don't have that leeway for errors. Uh, and I think that that's something that 
is is hard and and you know obviously there's a new coaching staff uh in winnipeg this year um but when you're up and down a lot it's it's tough to really get bearing so i mean it's it's hard to notice a third pairing defenseman a lot of the time especially as um you know somebody who doesn't watch the team very often but i mean and every time i've seen him it's like okay where where's where, where is he going to take that next step? And and I think that that's kind of where he is right now. Uh, I don't know if that's where you're going at or, or not, but but that's that's kind of my impression of him. Is just okay, you know, um, you know, at a certain point you have to forget where a player was drafted um, and just see where where they are. And and I think that he's just kind of in that kind of you know uh, bubble zone where he's you know maybe a little bit. You know, not, I don't say too good for the HL, but, but obviously at, at a high level there. And, you know, when you get to the NHL, there's there's just a little bit less time and uh, space to do things. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head in a lot of those things. And I forgot uh, the Sam Niku uh, got put on their waivers <laughs> last fall and went to Montreal. So, yes, the treatment is similar. Very different hockey players, but a very similar treatment yeah. with the yo-yoing and then not given enough of a chance to, to really see what the player can do at the level, at the compete level of the NHL. But uh, only reason I ask is because Billy was on for the first three goals that Montreal scored and then was benched <laughs> for like a period and a half. So um, it, it was definitely not his best showing tonight. But again, he sat for a month or whatever and he's been press boxed and back in the NHL. I think he's been called up and down, I think like five times this year, realistically, like it's pretty ridiculous. So I just thought that was, you know, and, and I will... You know, uh, I'll be honest when he's one of my favorite players, but tonight was a little bit of a rougher showing from him. But it was a little bit of a rougher showing from everyone. And I, but I do think you make a good point about, you know, having to forget when a player was drafted because I do think that that's something that frustrates me is when people look. And this doesn't really bode to my point with Billy Hainala because he was a first-round pick. But when people are like, yeah. oh, this guy was a first-round pick, so he must pan out. It's like, oh, this guy was a fifth-round pick, so we don't want to give him as much of a leash. I hate that mentality. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So I'm um, glad we're on the same page on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it comes to a point where, you know, I think it's what, four, probably four years after he was drafted, five, maybe five. Um, but it just comes to a point where it, it stuff like that doesn't matter. You know, like it's, you look at, you look at Montreal in, in particular. I mean, a guy like Arbor Jack, I like, he was a free agent like 18 months ago. <laughs> and, and now he's playing regular reps in the NHL a year out of junior. And it's just, it's it's so weird to me um that whole story but i mean it's just at a certain point you just have to let the players tell you where they belong and um there's something to be said for development obviously and and you know first round picks are going to get a little bit more leash that's just the the reality um you know even though it's a different coaching staff uh the guy who drafted them is still is still around so there's still that pressure i think uh but i mean yeah it's it's tough to be a, a young player on a competing team and you know you can look up and down the nhl and the same thing i mean um you know look at the rangers and guys like alexi lafreniere and uh capococco and you know keandre miller and, and all those guys are you know it took them a while to to get a bearing on a rangers team that's competing and you know you, you look at the flip side about it a team like new jersey or ottawa where the young guys can just play uh and you know not have to worry about making mistakes because the teams don't expect to do much and I think there's something to be said for development. And obviously, it's not like a, a end-all, be-all. I mean, you know, p- good teams develop players and play them in the NHL. But I think that when you're when you're a bubble guy like that, it, it's a little bit tougher for sure. 
Absolutely. Uh, there are two players in particular that I want to talk to you about. But first, I'm going to share a word from our sponsors. So if you think you know a way it's going to go, make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live, and play are on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn at sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn19 plus. Please play responsibly. So first player I want to talk about here, Jonathan Kovacevic. So obviously, from a Jets fan perspective, Jonathan Kovacevic is almost like Billy Hanel in the sense where it was, you know, fringe player, bubble player, uh, very good results in the AHL, just couldn't quite crack the AHL roster, and unfortunately not waivers exempt this year. Um, A lot of people were bummed to lose him on waivers. A lot of others, you know, were of the mind. You know, it's... if. He's a guy that you have to put on waivers. He's probably not that instrumental to your team anyway, so I'm sure you'll be fine. And the Jets are pretty deep at left D, so it wasn't the biggest deal. But at the same time, you know, assets are assets, and losing a guy like that for free, a lot of people were disappointed. From a Habs fan perspective, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Kovacevic, and what do you think of that player? Yeah, you know, he's been really good. I mean, it's funny because the Canadians have been rolled like four or five rookie defensemen at times this season. Um, mostly due to injuries. I mean, Joel Edmondson missed time, David Savard missed time, Michael Matheson missed time. So it was kind of by, by, by you know, they were forced into it. Um, and Kova Savage is obviously one of those rookies, but he's been, he was, he's been solid. And, and, you know, it's really tough to judge the Canadians' defense because so much of it is kind of a train wreck uh, at times where the the whole system kind of breaks down at times and they're kind of in a transition. They have a new defense coach uh, and it's all kind of, you know, they, like I said, you know, you have like four or five rookies, it's going to be ugly at times. And But there have been times when the veterans have been the worst defenders on the team and and the rookies have kind of led the way. I mean, Caden Gooley, who's out right now, oftentimes was the team's most used defenseman, um, even when the veterans have been playing. So, it's it, you know it's, it's it's a situation where they're kind of thrown into situations they might not normally be in. But um, if you look at some of the advanced metrics, Kovacevic has been one of the most steady defensemen on the team, and, and I think that part of that is because he's just kind of uh, just a solid player and not too flashy, and you know he knows his role kind of thing. And and I think that that's uh, a situation that that is you know I, I mentioned before about letting guys develop that's a perfect situation because this the, the 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 leash he has in Montreal is not the same leash he'd have in, in Winnipeg. And you mentioned Heinolo being benched uh, after being on the ice with three goals. The Canadians aren't benching anyone. <laughs> you know, they're going to let guys play and, and let guys learn. And I, and I think that that's a good environment for a player who's kind of been on that bubble. Uh, and, and I think that it's, it's helped them really develop. And, you know, the, uh, he's been a healthy scratch a couple times just because they've been rotating guys in and out they obviously played seven seven d tonight so um but he, he's someone who's, who's impressed me uh, coming off of waivers and you know his first game with the team was in the home opener in the regular season like the, the, he didn't really have the preseason game with the team uh they just kind of claimed him on waivers and said okay go um again partially because of injuries and, and michael matheson missed um missed the start of the season so uh, you know he's been he's been really good and and it's gonna be interesting to see where he fits in because as things develop in, in Montreal, there's obviously not going to be room for all these young defensemen. So it's going to be interesting to see who kind of stays and who, um, 
who kind of gets shuffled out of the picture, but him uh, not being waiver exempt uh, probably plays a little bit in his favor. They can send other guys down if they have to, if it gets to that point. But you know, with all the injuries, uh, <laughs> they might not need to. But yeah, I mean, he's been he's been really good, and I think that you know he's not going to be a top pairing guy. He's not going to be a, a guy like that's going to you know be on your power play or put up lots of points. But um, he's been he just uh, he's just solid. He just does the good things that 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 help teams. Uh, win games. Yeah, absolutely, and that's good to hear. A lot of us really like Kovacevic, especially as a person. Like, he was a really nice guy, and, you know, there were some good pieces about him and some off-the-ice stuff and whatnot, so it's good to see him succeeding there, and, you know, it's the kind of thing that, like you said, like, the these teams that are quote-unquote better, I don't think the Winnipeg Jets are, like, a top-of-the-central good team. Like, I'm still a little pessimistic about them, <laughs> and have, but they are, you know, kind of objectively a better team than the Montreal Canadiens, and it's the kind of thing where it's, like, those strong teams. Like, if you look back at Tampa Bay, how many young guys did they have to shuffle out of there because they were so strong that, you know, there there were guys that you couldn't just let them cook on the bottom pairing because they had guys who were just better, and, you know, you don't have as much time and patience for these kids when you're in a win now type of mode. So that that is the one thing that's nice. You mentioned, you know, New Jersey and Ottawa, and yeah, 100%. So it's good to see these guys get their shot. Uh, and you never know. Like like you said, there may be some guys that get shuffled out of there, but if he's had the chance to play as many NHL games now as he has, maybe he's a piece that a fringe playoff team moves for a, a late-round pick for at the deadline just to shore up their depth a little bit or something. And he that wouldn't have happened likely before if he was just in the AHL and stuff like that. So you're happy for him, and you hope that uh, – the best comes from it. So the second player I want to talk about is Pierre-Luc Dubois, of course. So <laughs> I um, Pierre-Luc Dubois is my favorite NHL player. That is a well-known fact. Um, and so every time there's a Montreal Canadiens game, we play him twice in a year, right? First game of the year this season, it was in Winnipeg, so it was fine. But today I was like, oh, he's going to Montreal. It's against Montreal, all this kind of stuff. I was like, I just need to log off Twitter. I don't want to see, read some of his quotes from his interviews. We know this guy wants to play in Montreal. But <laughs> as a house fan, what are your thoughts on this whole Pierre-Luc Dubois situation? Do you like the player? Do you even want the player? Do you think the player wants to come to you? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, look, he's, he's a great player. You know, he's a legitimate top, top six at worst center in the NHL. Um, great on the power play, you know, he's is a guy that, you know, any team would want. And, you know, it, it's kind of weird to be in a situation where a guy's like, yeah, I want, I want to be there. And, and he obviously, he didn't say that, you know, it's, it's kind of like rumors and implied and, and, and things like that. And, you know, the, the whole media thing today and asking questions, like, what do you, what do you expect him to say? You know, he, he's not going to say anything. He's not going to be like, oh yeah, can I switch dressing rooms right now? Like, it's just a weird situation and I'm not getting my hopes up. Like whatever happens happens. Um, but I mean, obviously he's a guy that would obviously help the Montreal Canadians. Uh, but I mean, it's just weird. It, it, it just makes it awkward for everything. And, and I think that obviously when it came out in the summer, he was probably like, these things come out because somebody wants them to come out. And, and I think that obviously he was probably trying to angle for a trade um or something or, or maybe angle to you know not get a long-term contract i don't really know what the reasoning would be but i mean it's just for me it's just weird like i, I hear that he's coming it's like okay um but i mean you don't want to get to your hopes up or expect it to happen because you know 
there's a lot of things that that can change between now and then. And obviously, you know, it's kind of weird to see Rick Bonus be like, "Yeah, well, I'm going to try and convince him to stay." It's like he's on your team. Like it, it's just a weird situation, and I don't I know, know if there's been. It, I don't think that I don't even know. I can't even think of another situation where this has happened with any other team and any other player. Like it's never like, oh yeah, he definitely wants. Like you don't hear Austin Matthews be like, oh yeah, he wants to go to Arizona when he's a free agent. Like there's people like saying that he might want to go there, but I mean, no one's actually saying like, oh yeah, he's going to be there. And so I just think it's weird. Um, and obviously, him starting the the foundation and speaking to the media, it's like, okay, like. You know, obviously, it makes sense to speak to the Quebec media about it and things like that. But it's just the Montreal media is kind of relentless and um, and and asks things that don't need to be asked. And, and you know, people asking about him coming to Montreal, like I don't understand why they're asking him. But I mean, as a Canadians, um, you know, as someone who follows the Canadians, like yeah, he would help the team. Yeah, it would be good to to see him come to Montreal. But it's just weird. Um, situation to be in like it's like okay you know we you know it's like two years away from his free agency too like it's not even like it's this summer so yeah it's just it's just weird and, and I think that it's you know especially considering the high profile you know way he was acquired by Winnipeg and obviously who went the other way in that trade Patrick Laine and it's just it's just a weird situation and, and I think that it, you know we're going to hear it again two times next year um, and it's not going to go away until he either signs a contract with Montreal or Winnipeg, uh, and and that's how it's going to end. And it's just, but for right now, it's just my reaction is just it's it's weird, uh, and we'll see what happens in a year and a half, I guess. Yeah, it is super odd because it, it's giving <laughs> the same vibes as Jim Rutherford's press conference the other day when he's like, "We've been talking to other candidates," when they literally have their head coach right there. It's like when you're talking, yeah. and it's like. Oh, we'll do what we can to make him stay. It's like, dude, he's under contract right now. Like, I, you, they don't talk to other restricted free agents like that. Like, it is weird. I, I definitely get that. But it's just been a, definitely a whole thing. And it's just so funny the way that, you know, you're reading some of the responses. And some of them are just walking around the questions so much of, like, people like, do you see a long-term future in Winnipeg? He's like, I'm worried about winning right now. It's like, okay. <laughs> but he had one quote today that I want to pull up and read that I actually liked. Usually I hate Pierre-Luc Dubois' media answers, but I like this one. <laughs> Um, and it says, Pierre Dubois today, uh, I'm born here, I have family here, I have friends here, I grew up here. Those roots are the same as any other French guy in the NHL. For me, it wasn't anything about how can I get closer, it was how can I help people from where I am, or how can I help people from where I'm from. And I like that, I'm, that was about the foundation, of course, and I really like that, mm -hmm. like, just the kind of, it's not how do I get closer to it, it's how can I help regardless of where I am. So I thought that was a good answer, actually. So that was nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, people are reading into this foundation thing, but I mean, it, it's it's about more than just where you play, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, I think I, I saw something the other day where it was actually Vincent Lecavier who started this foundation, yes. and um, Pierre Luc Dubois started. Like, Vincent Lecavier uh, never played for Montreal. He obviously exactly. works for the team now, um, but but he never played for Montreal. There are obviously rumors at some point that he would be traded here, and um, I remember. You know, this is going off topic a little bit. In the 2009 All Star Game, I, I went to like the Fan Fest, and they literally had the Cavalier jerseys like printed in like the by like the vendors that were there. And it's like, okay, oh my gosh. Um, obviously he never he never ended up playing in Montreal or getting traded here. But um, it, it just it just 
I, I don't think they're related. I think that starting the foundation before he comes to Montreal is a good idea because obviously the Montreal media is going to talk to him. Um, but I mean, it doesn't, I'm not going to read anything more into that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's just weird because a lot of players, you know, the, the whole rap against Montreal is that French Canadian players don't want to play here. So when one is like so openly or rumored to be openly wanting to play here, it's, it's a little bit weird. It's like, a, I, it's like, okay, are you sure? Like, is, is this really real? But I mean, at the same time, I mean, he's, he's playing, like, he's not like he's sitting out or sulking or anything. Pulling like a Jonathan he, he has a contract. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kinda, um, yeah. but I mean, Jonathan Drew didn't didn't say he wanted to play in Montreal. He just wasn't happy in Tampa, right? So right. it's a little bit different situation. But, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a weird situation. But I think that you know what he said today is is perfectly fine. And I'm not reading into the foundation and, and things like that. You know, the timing about that is when you want to promote it, you do it when you're coming to Montreal. It just makes totally. sense. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that you know. All the the other stuff is is just noise at this point, and um, it's not good for it. I'm, I'm sure he's not happy that it came out either because he has to answer these questions all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, and and things like that. So, just one of those situations where maybe a friend um, talked a little bit too much and and said things that they weren't supposed to say, and and that's that's where we are. But yeah, I mean. Um, I have a lot of respect for people who give back to the community, uh, whether they they play in the city or not. So yeah, it's um, that that's a good thing. And yeah, like I said, Vincent Lecavier started it. He didn't play in Montreal, so uh, I don't think there's anything more to that than than just trying to help out. Totally, yeah. And I think it's the same thing. You know, when I become a millionaire and I move to another province <laughs> or country, of course, like I'd want to give back to Winnipeg too, sort of thing. So I think it, it makes sense and the timing agreed. But uh, we're running out of time on our Zoom call here, so we'll just circle back to the game that we just watched here. Um, so yeah, I thought just generally speaking, the Winnipeg Jets were slow. Their puck management was poor. They were creating very, very, very little in their uh, in the offensive zone on the limited chances they did have. I didn't think they were doing enough to create actual, you know, strong high danger chances out of it. But game's an outlier. The Jets have been iffy in the last few games. They had one really good one. They've had some stinkers and it is what it is. But uh, generally speaking, I think the team is still in decent shape and these games happen. I'm not too worried. But that being said, uh, from a Montreal Canadiens perspective, like when you have your AHL-esque roster out there and playing (laughs) against a team that's, you know, just landed top spot in the central, like it feels good to play those games with heart. And obviously the whole Baron brothers thing tonight was super cute and they're nice to see some depth scoring from the Montreal Canadiens. So uh, I'm sure from your perspective, it's a, it's a fun game. It's a good game to win. And um, you know, for the jets, you just regroup and move to the next one. Yeah. And I wonder how much um, obviously, you know, you don't want to admit anything like that and the players wouldn't admit it, but I wonder how much they're looking towards that game against Toronto. Um, and and kind of looking towards that because um yeah i mean Montreal's an easy team to look over <laughs> at this point um but uh yeah i mean it was it was a good game like i said Montreal's coming off of a, a really good team win against the rangers uh and and when you have guys that want to try uh, and i'm not saying that the guys who are out of the lineup weren't trying but when you have guys that, that kind of put that effort and push everybody else uh it, it makes a difference and, and i think that's that's something that, that we saw tonight 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think that kind of wraps up the general show here. So Jared, thank you so much for coming and joining me. I always love these Canadian market uh, shows because I just feel like, you know, with the way that TSN and Sports Network, I feel like, you know, you hear a lot more about the other teams. So when you play, you're looking for a lot more things because you know a lot about the teams and stuff like that. So it's always a ton of fun. Um, do you have any socials, any sites, anything you want to plug for our listeners out there? Yeah, com. Um, if you want to read about the Canadians. Um, but uh, we also have a lot of draft coverage coming up and, and things like that as well. And, and my uh, my Twitter is Jared Book. Um, uh, pretty simple. And uh, yeah, Canadian-centric. Uh, I cover women's hockey as well. And uh, I'll be covering the AHL All-Star Game. Uh, that's in Laval right, in, yeah. in a couple of weeks as well. So um, lots of stuff there. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, if you want a Montreal for Canadian's perspective, it's a great place to be. Um, and uh, we have lots of lots of good stuff. Excellent. Up well. well, make sure you tell Declan Chisholm that we say hello from Winnipeg <laughs> when you're at the uh, All-Star <laughs> Game. We're proud of that guy. So, Jared, thank you so much. Uh, for those of you listening live, thank you so much for joining us in the chat and joining us on the stream. For those of you listening back on podcast tomorrow, uh, I hope you didn't PVR this game and come home excited to watch a Jets game. If you did... I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but make sure you check out SDPN Sports on Twitter and all of the other content they got going on on their pages. As always, my name is Liz. My Twitter is Liz Hood. And you'll also find my co-host Brady, NHL Chunky, on Twitter, where we talk about all things Jets. Jared, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we will see you next time. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.